everybody. Good morning to you. So glad that you joined us in here for worship. Uh, and all of you who are out there joining us as well. Thanks for joining us wherever you may be. Uh, as we come together and, and, and we worship the holy God and we celebrate Jesus who saves us. And, uh, you know, my prayer and hope always is, is that God's already met you. He's already met you here. I know he wants to. And that you've been receptive enough to allow that to happen as well. Uh, and if you're new or visiting, uh, hello. My name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just, uh, my prayer and hope again for all of us is that we continue uh, to feel the presence of God as we get into his word. And so it, it, with that said, go ahead and, and grab your Bibles. If you have your Bibles or electronics, go ahead and get those out. And we're going to be in the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. Uh, so as you're getting there to 1 John 4, we are in week number 4 of a five-part uh, series that we are calling Five Choices, where we're just, we're looking at just making some better spiritual choices and decisions in our lives to have a better footing with us and God, to get closer to Him in this new year of 2024 and allow Him uh, to work more in our lives. And so with that said, if you have your notes, go ahead and get those out. I'm going to go ahead and give you the fourth choice already. Here's the fourth choice that we're going to talk about today, is that we're going to choose to share God's love. We're going to choose to share God's love. And so what we're going to do is, is we're going to read a little bit first. Just let uh, God's Word kind of set the tone for what this means, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So hopefully you made your way there uh, in 1 John 4. If not, we have it up here on the screen for you. We're going to pick this up in verse 7 on looking at how we share God's love. So here's what he says, starting in verse 7. He says, all right, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. Uh, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Great scripture, right? I mean, that's something we can just like read and say, man, I'm encouraged right now. I, I love that. Uh, and so here's what I want to do. I want to take this. Uh, if you're in your uh, Bibles, we can underline a few things. So I want to uh, look at this and pull out from this a progression of love the way that God would say that it goes. Like, so it's basically like a, the divine progression uh, of love. And it's really important to see the order here that is laid out uh, because that, what we just read, is going to drive the message that we have today. Because here's the thing, if we're going to talk about love, we kind of got to see it from God's perspective. We got to see it from God's eyes. And so there are in here three progressions of love uh, that we need to see. So you're taking notes. Uh, here's the first one, the first part, and it's in verse 8, and it's this. It's that God is love. If, you, if you're in your Bibles, you can underline that in verse 8. It says that God is love. And so this is a defining statement about God, Right? Because here's what this is saying. This is what we got to catch. This isn't saying uh, that God, that, that, that love is something that God does. It's not something that God does. No, it's who he is. You get me, everybody? It's not just something he does. It's who he is. So here's the only reason that we are here talking about love, feeling the love that we feel for others and all those things. The only reason is because we have a God who made us and who is love. Okay, that's what this is saying. Now, what this is not saying, this is not saying that love is God or that love defines God. You hear me, everybody? No, no. Love doesn't define God. 
God defines love because he is love. I think I want to say that because I think this is actually one of the, the most misunderstood scriptures in the whole Bible. I think this is one of the top ones that are misused actually to get an untruth out there into the world. Because here's what happens uh, when people come across this uh, scripture where it says God is love. They'll come across this idea that says God is love. And then, then what they'll do is they'll take this idea of love and they'll project as that's what defines God. Uh, and then what happens is this idea, because if we say love defines God, then this idea of love sort of supersedes this idea of God. And so then love is God and love is love. And so then that's the only thing that matters. You hear what I'm saying? That's what the world does. But, but no, 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 love doesn't define God. We have a God who defines love. He is the definition of love. You get me, everybody? So God is love. That's the first sort of start. That's where we start. So then uh, he loves us. He doesn't stop there because here's the second progression. And it's that God loves us. God loves us. So in verse 9, it says that this is how God showed us his love, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. So that's verse 9. Then it says that that's how he showed his love among us. And so we have a God, again, who is love, uh, and then he shows us this love through Jesus. All right, And, and what Jesus did uh, was he died on the cross for your sins. He died, uh, and that's the ultimate expression of love, which is the love that he showed us was sacrificial uh, forgiving and selfless love that, that that's how God who is love shows us love uh, and so now the third part is actually on us uh, and and because now that we have a God who is love and expresses love here's where it comes to us is that we now love others right so the last part of this in verse 11 says so since he loved us then we also ought to love one another and so here's sort of the premise this is what I'm going to talk about today there uh, is a heartbeat in Jesus' followers, in Christians, there, there should be one, at least, in the, in the heart of believers, in how we choose to love people in a God way. That should be a heartbeat of every follower of Jesus, because here's what I want to tell you. It's a choice, everybody. If you don't think it's a choice, then you're missing it, and you're probably not doing what we're going to be talking about today. It's it, because love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It is an intentional choice, and what he's saying is that it's an int- a choice not just to love your, your spouse, but to, to love one another, to love other Christians. In fact, John, in here in his letter, goes as far to say is that if you want to know that you actually are a Christian, look at how you love other Christians. That's what he says. Look at how you love each other. And so here's what i got to tell you. i got to tell you this. So <laughs> it was a little bit of a different week for me because I, I, when I, so I lay out the outlines of the mess this for a while, a while back, I laid out the outline of where we were going and what we were doing. And uh, this message was actually originally supposed to be about sharing your faith, like sharing God's love. Uh, so evangelism, sharing your faith with people who don't know. And, and then we were, because we're using the core values of the church. And the core value that I was attaching to this was uh, the value of an empty seat is a serious thing. Right, And if you've never seen that one, you might wonder, like, what the heck does that mean? Well, let me tell you really quick, even though this is not what we're talking about today. But an empty seat is a serious thing. We say that not because we want to grow the numbers of this church. No, what we're saying is that represents something in your life. That an empty seat beside you represents somebody in your life who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't know the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what we say, an empty seat is a serious thing because we really do believe that the most loving thing you could ever do is share the hope of Jesus with somebody who doesn't have it. You hear what I'm saying, everybody? And we still stick to that. Like, we still want to do that. So I had this message mapped out, uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened 
other than to say that God just put 1 John 4 on my heart and I, it just hit me and I couldn't get off of it. I, could, I couldn't get off of it. Uh, and, and so when I read that, how, when he says that we love one another, that's what really hit me. And, and I just talked about, it just hit me about how we love other Christians. And man, I'm just saying, he just changed the whole course of my message. The whole course of my message. Because I gotta tell you, here's what I wanna tell you today. Sometimes we do a really poor job of loving every, of Christians, everybody. Sometimes we don't do such a great job of loving one another. And God just put this on my heart to share some things about that today. Uh, and my aha moment came on Wednesday. It was like middle of the week. I mean, I had this thing mapped out. I was, I was like, I was like 70% done. And uh, man, I just, and so I was fitting all this in. I had a great outline of like, here's how you do to share your faith. And this is great. And uh, man, I just felt, I, again, I felt God say, I've never actually heard God's voice. I don't know what it sounds like. Uh, I think Morgan Freeman. I'm not sure why. But anyways, I never heard it. Never heard it. But man, I felt this prompting. It, it was seriously like a voice that, that just hit me when I was sitting at my table. And I just felt him say, you know, maybe, Andy, uh, maybe the best way to show the world God's love starts with how we love each other. Maybe that's where we should start. Maybe we go past that too quickly. And, and you know, maybe that our love for each other, for just other Christians, should be so apparent and so radical and so visible. But, you know, I don't think it is as apparent and radical and visible as it should be. And, and listen, what I felt like this to say was like, man, we got to stop dividing ourselves, everybody. We're so divided. I don't know why we're so divided. We are. We can't do anything divided. Even in our own church, I think sometimes we get really divided on the most silliest things. And it causes us not to love each other the way that God tells us to do. But, but here's what I want to tell you. But man, when we're together, man, when we're united and we are really loving each other, each other like crazy, that is a game changer out there in this. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? Somebody with me today? Because that's what I want to talk about. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to get challenged a little bit on how we're loving other Christians. And I'm going to tell you, man, it's, it's a lot deeper than what you want to say and probably a lot deeper than a lot of us actually want to go in this call that we have to love. Okay, so we're going to keep reading. We're just going to keep going. Now we're going to, we're going to back up here in chapter 2. So if you're in your Bibles, back up to 1 John chapter 2. Uh, and we're going to read a little bit more about what he has to say uh, in verse... Oh, I love the sounds of that. Listen to all them Bibles flipping. I love that. All right, here we go. And if you're in electronics, that's great. Just make a real loud swipe. Just go, swipe! Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Verse, they should make a sound of swiping, so then it sounds like you're actually, you know what I mean? It's just a swipe. Okay, anyways. Verse 3, I don't have time. Okay, and it said, I never have time. And by this, we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, that whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word uh, in him, truly the love of God is perfected. So by this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Okay, so John is talking about a he, right? There is a he and a him all over that thing. So who is he? Who is he? Because what John is saying is that we got to keep his commandments and we got to walk the same way that he walked. Well, who is John talking about? Well, John is talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. And how we know that is if you back up there in verse 2, uh, he actually, let's cut out of the bag right there, where he says that Jesus is our, the propitiation for our sins. That's what he says there in verse 2. Uh, now, before we go past that, what is propitiation? All right, because uh, here's what I know. There are, uh, propitiation is one of them uh, Bible words, one of them words that like, and the further along you go in the faith, the more and more you think you should know what it means, but you don't really know what it means, and then you want to act like you know what it means, but you hope nobody ever asks you what it means. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know, and I know. Just don't ask me what it means. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what is propitiation? 
Uh, so here's the best way that I could tell you what it means. It's actually just with one word, and it'll help you the, the next time you see propitiation, and you can help somebody out when they say, what does that mean? It, think of the word satisfy. Just write that down. Propitiation is satisfied. So what that means is that Jesus satisfied the penalty for your sin. That's what propitiation means. Uh, that, that your forgiveness, the forgiveness of your sins was settled, was satisfied by his death. Because the debt of your sin is death. He died for you, so now it is satisfied through what he did. Does that make sense? That's what propitiation means. And there, there, now you got it. Got a great lunchtime conversation. Okay, so that's on the we, he fixed you side of things, right? Propitiation. Now, on the relational side of things, this is where John is going. Here's how, here's what he's saying. He's, he goes, here's how you know you actually know him, and it's actually you do what Jesus says to do. That's what he was saying, that you follow his commands. And, and what he finishes this thought out, this is why I love First John. He finishes his thought out in verse 6 by saying that you ought to just walk in the same way that Jesus walked. And that right there, again, I think sometimes we go really quickly past things that we read. But man, that's pretty profound. Here's why this is profound. Because think about this. We have uh, an invisible God, creator God. Like we don't see God, in, 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 but here's the beauty of him. This is the genius of the God that we have. See, we have this invisible creator God, but then Jesus comes along to say, hey, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that all, that's the kind of God we have. He's like, I'm gonna show you what it looks like, right? He goes, so if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. And so what this is pointing to is that in order to figure out what godly living looks like, here's what's awesome. You, you don't have to guess. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to wonder what it looks like. You don't have to leaf through the Old Testament and you know all the, the circumcision stuff and don't eat shellfish and your hair and beard off. You don't have to look at any of that stuff anymore because through Jesus, God gave us an example to follow. Isn't that awesome? And that's what John is saying. So, so if you are wanting to know Right, what having a great fellowship with God looks like. That's what we've been talking about over the last uh, four weeks here. If you want to know, then here, here's how it comes. It comes, it comes through walking step and step with Jesus. And so what you do is you just follow what Jesus did. And here's the best part about this. We have so much information about Jesus. Did you know that? We have four whole books that just cover his life, death, and resurrection in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we can just look at that, and we can have a really clear idea of what it looks like and what he did, how he treated people, and all these things uh, of, of what God is looking for from us. I just think that's good news, by the way. Uh, and so he's saying if you just keep with what Jesus says and live according to what Jesus says to do, then you will have great fellowship with the Father. Okay, so we're going to keep reading. We're going to keep reading. Verse 7, it says, all right, beloved, I'm, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Okay, so just going with what he's saying so so we got uh talking about jesus and we do what jesus did and now uh what we have from john is a command to follow now we have a command to follow what is the command this is what we're talking about today well here's what we know right from what he said it's not a new thing he's saying it's not something new so there's a clue and then he also says though that you've had it from the beginning all right, you've had it from the beginning. Now, what John is talking about isn't from the very beginning of time because he's still keeping this theme of Jesus. What he's saying, this is coming from the very beginning of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ, okay? Because that's what he says. He says, from the word that you heard. 
Where did we hear the word from? We heard the word from Jesus. So he's saying this is the, from the beginning of the new covenant with Jesus. Okay, so this is where he's saying the commandment is coming from. So what is it? What is this commandment? Well, here's how we're going to find it, everybody. Uh, you find it by knowing the Bible, okay? So how we find it is you're going to have to back up from where John was 50 years before that. We're going to be now in the book of John, not 1st, 2nd, or 3rd John, the book of John, chapter 13, if you want to flip there, chapter 13. Uh, and so now we're 50 years before this, okay? And so now we're like with little John, right? We're like a teenager John, and he's with 11 of his buddies, and he's with Jesus, and where they are here in John 13 is, is, is this happened in a room right before Jesus was betrayed by Jesus and he died on the cross. And what they were doing in this moment is they were eating together. This was their last meal together. And so here's what Jesus says in John 13, 34. Check this out. This is pretty cool. He goes, a new commandment. There it is. That I, isn't that cool? That I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another and so jesus says what john is referring to he goes hey i'm going to give you a new commandment and here it is love one another now is anybody with me when i say that sounds a little off okay because like that's weird that that's a new commandment even though we've had a god for thousands and thousands isn't that we like uh was that the first time we've ever been commanded to love that seems weird is that am i the only one Okay, I guess I'm the only one. I thought that was off. Does not seem like a new commandment, right? Because haven't we always been commanded to love? And here's the answer. The answer is yes. We've always been commanded. So uh, you can see that all the way in the book of Leviticus. That's the first, in the Pentateuch, or the first couple books of the Bible, that, it's, that we are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. So, so it has always been there. It's been there from the beginning. So listen, here's what I want to tell you. The command to love isn't new. That's not what Jesus was getting at. But here's the key. The key to what's new about this is found in the second thing that Jesus says. Because what he says in the second thing is this. Just as I have loved you. Did you catch that? That's, what he's, that's the key. That's what is different. That's what's new about this. And so what's new about this command, what's radical about this, is that it's a love now that's based around Jesus. That's what he's getting at. That Jesus is the key to love and not anything else. So he said, just as I loved you, you love each other. You love one another really well. And so here's the departure from the command to love and the thing he's saying. So here's the departure that he's given us. The depart and it's so important to see, okay? So the departure to love this way isn't religion. I hope you see that. The departure here isn't in the law. Actually, the departure is in the cross. Do you see what I'm saying? The departure, the new thing is in the cross. That's the greatest act of love. That's what he's pointing to with everything that he said right there. And, and so this, and what he's saying, listen, catch this, Christian, that's the measure by which you love as well. That's the measure by which you love as well. And so then, Jesus, you see, I love how he uses his words, he ups the ante by saying it's a new commandment. He meant what he said. So what he said there was that he meant this isn't something you should do he's not saying hey if you get around to it just love real good he didn't say that he didn't say man if it's something you think uh would be a good idea no he says this is a listen to me if you are a christian out there he's saying this is my command to you if you want to follow me you love well you love really good you love better than anybody in this world loves and real talk here i just think i think christians are known for a lot of things but sometimes you know honestly our love is not on the top of people's list it's not I, I don't think our love is on top for real. Like, I think a lot of people would say that we're known for being vocal. 
I think a lot of people say that we're real vocal about what we're against or who we're against. And we're real vocal about denominational disagreements, right? And a lot of times we don't do that with a lot of love, everybody. You hear what I'm saying? I'm just saying that's what I'm seeing out there in this world. So I just want to see, I just want to see this. And, and by the way, by the way, yes and amen for taking a stand. Like yes and amen for standing up for who God is in this world. And have, you can have a different opinion and, and be vocal about what God is for and who God is and that Jesus saves. Yes and amen to that. But all I want to put forward is that like Jesus' command in John 13 kind of gives us a challenge in how we do it. Anybody with me? Kind of challenges in how, kind of challenges us in our approach with that because you got to be following what he says to do even if you have a disagreement with people over here. Because he says, you love well. You, and I just think that we've had a departure from that because it's our sacrificial love. Here's what he's saying. Not me, what he is saying. That our sacrificial love, it should be the distinguishing thing for followers of Jesus. And it should be the thing that's on top of the list that the world says we do well. But unfortunately today, I don't know, maybe this is why God put it on my heart. We see people who claim Christ do the opposite. That, that you know what you know what you know what we want to do now you know what we want to be known for we want to we want to be right instead of love right that's all it's about man just be right just be right get on and give just be and we want to be right instead of love right we just got to talk about this a little bit okay we got some work to do because here's what i want to pour we could be right and love right at the same time amen somebody we could do that and so we just got to challenge ourselves a little bit i know i'm stepping on toes here a little bit today i'm stepping on my own toes I'm saying, I'll get to that here in a minute about my own life, okay? But, but we got to do that, okay? So, so we're going to keep reading. We're going to keep reading. We're going to let God help us a little bit more. Now we're going to be in uh, verse 9, verse John 2. He goes, okay, so John's like, if I haven't stepped on your toes, I'm going to keep going, all right? So here's what he goes. He goes, so whoever says you're in the light and hates your brother, you're still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother and abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling, I don't know where you want to be. I know where I want to be. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And so here's, again, if you haven't caught this so far today, here's what he's saying. This is the gist of today. How you love people, and not just other Christians, but all people, how you love all people, is a determining factor in how you are in fellowship with your God. That's what he's trying to say. He's like, it affects your relationship with your Heavenly Father. So when you are in, here's what, so when you are in really good fellowship with God, then you're walking in the light and you're loving people well. That's what he's saying. But here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do with this. See, what we do, and he kind of talked about it a little bit. See, we, we bring this word in. We bring a word in that kind of justifies our actions, and it's a really strong word. We bring this word hate in. And then we sort of work around that because we're like, well, I mean, hate's pretty strong. Hate, hate's a pretty powerful word. I mean, I don't hate anybody. Like, there's no way anybody would raise your hand in here if I said, hey, anybody hate anybody right now? Nobody would do that because we don't hate them. I mean, I don't really want to be around them, but I don't hate them. You know, if that old group of people just kind of disappeared, I'd be fine with that. But I don't, I'm not saying I hate them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset if I never saw them again in my life, but I don't hate her. I can't stand their arrogance, but, man, I, I'm not saying that I hate them, right? I wouldn't, you know, cry or spill milk if, if they were never in my life. So, let, so here's what I want to do, okay? Uh, let me just get this in your line of sight, and then I will let you determine, I'll let you determine if this is fair or not based on Jesus' command to love and how he showed us love, okay? Fair enough? I'm gonna put this in our line of sight. You get to determine uh, how, you, how you do this. So if you are G a Jesus follower, 
Okay, listen to me. If you're a Christian and you are walking around with a grudge or you are not able to love someone with whatever reason that you use to justify, because, man, we're really good at that, ain't we? Like, we are like loophole lawyers when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, man, I can find all kind of outs for not loving that person, right? Especially, I'm serious here, if, they're, if, if they get somebody on my list, because, man, we don't we have a list? Well, I tell you, I got a list, because I'm telling you, if you do something to somebody on my list, that's worse than doing it to me. And I'm not saying I hate you, but we ain't cool anymore. So, so I'm just telling you. So what this is saying, what this is saying is that whatever loophole you want to use, whatever you're using to make sense of why you're not loving them well, why you're not wanting to be in the same room with them, why you have so much disdain for them or whatever it is, that that decision to not love, you got you to really catch this, that decision is not passive in your relationship with your heavenly father. That's why this is so serious. In fact, this is saying you're in the dark with him. You're in the dark. And it's in... Isn't it true it's in darkness where you stumble? Right? Anybody get up in the middle of the night when you, somebody, you're trying to find your way around? I got a dog to get around, a big mattress to get around. I got two things getting charged up just to get to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all, I'm like this. All, you know what I mean? Like just a little light, somebody. Give me some light, right? But that's what happens. It's in the darkness where we stumble. It's in the darkness where you will encounter things that make you unbalanced, that get you out of peace. Uh, but here's the turnaround. Here's the turnaround. The person who you like the least, the one who's in your head right now that you can't even get out of, you're like, please get them out of my head right now. And, you know, and we all have someone, we've all been wrong, right? We all even have other Christians that have been bozos in our life, right? Like we all, we all have that, that just bother us, or right? All, all the people, that people group, whoever that people group is, here's the thing, here's what you've got to catch. Whether they've accepted this or not, you see, their advocate is the same as your advocate. And that should change you. Their advocate is the same as your advocate. And John is telling you and he's telling me that that person and however you decide you know, to love him or her, however you decide that, it is determining your ultimate fellowship with your heavenly father. And he's like, don't let that get in the way. It's just affecting you. It's, it's determining something about you that you don't want to be showing the world or showing your heavenly father. And so if you're choosing not to love them uh, in the, with the eyes that Jesus has in his command to love well, then you're not, he's saying you're not in the light. And here's the thing, I'm not, he's not talking about salvation. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about your ability to fellowship with God right here and right now and have that peace and that amazing closeness that we've been talking about over the last four weeks and you're in the dark. You are in the dark every time you choose to not love well. That's all he's saying. He's like, so you just, you determine how you do with that. But he's saying, like, you got that list, I'm telling you, it's going to determine uh, how you are fellowshipping with God. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, then you should be able to look at your relationships and how you love, and it'll determine how you're following him. That's like the bottom line today. And so here's what I'll tell you. This command, this command to love, that's all we're going to talk about today. I got a few more things. This command to love, uh, it's pretty simple. Right? It's, it's easy to understand. But it's pretty hard, isn't it, everybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're being real honest. Like, that's not the easiest thing to do. It's hard to love people sometimes. It's hard to love other Christians sometimes. You know why? Because people are messy. Other Christians are bozos sometimes. Is anybody with me on that? Like, sometimes it ain't easy to love. Man, you're leaving me out on an island. Come on, somebody. It ain't easy sometimes. Amen, somebody? It's not easy sometimes. But we, man, so, so yes, they're messy. Yes, like sometimes we get wrong. You know, it's hard. It's, it's hard. And they're messy. But here's what we got to remember. Sometimes we're messy too, aren't we? Sometimes we're a little in that gray area too. Uh, and God still loves us. He didn't stop Jesus from coming to save us. And so here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to finish out. 
because I know it's hard. I know it's hard, okay? So when it comes to loving people, especially other Christians and showing the world how we love, here's what I want to do. I want to give us like three questions that we have the answers to to remind us and sort of help us when we come across these hard times, okay? So hopefully it'll help you. I think it helped me when I went through these. Here's the first one that I want to give us, and it's the question that we want to come across. It's like, okay, okay, okay. All right, man, how does Jesus love? That's the first question. How does Jesus love? And here's the answer that you know. Here's the answer you know. He loves unconditionally, he loves sacrificially, and he loves with forgiveness, right? And we are called to love the same. And here's what I'm going to tell you. We probably ain't going to be able to do that unless we just have a moment to stop and go, all right, Jesus, how did you love me, right? So I'm just saying that's the first thing that we should do when we come across this hard-to-love thing or person or whatever that is. We say, how does Jesus love? Here's the second one, which is this. Who can help me? And here's the answer. It's the best answer. You have the Holy Spirit, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. You have God in you who is advocating for all the good, advocating for everything right, advocating for all those things, and he's helping you. He is there to help you. Isn't that good news? Because, man, I tell you what, if I just leaned on my own self, I'm not sure I'd be loving anybody well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a whole long list. And so we got the Holy Spirit who can help you and encourage you and point you in the right direction. And so, again, just to stop and say, who do I have to help me? All right, Holy Spirit, help me. We could do that. You, did you know you could ask him to help you? And he kind of will. You know what I'm saying? Like, just take him up on that. I feel like he's like, take me up. I'll help you. So we've got that. Here's the third question. Then what does love require? And so again, the question isn't, who do I love? We already know the answer to that. Here's the real question that we need to ask. What does love tell me to do? What does love tell me to do? Based on Jesus' command to love, what does that love require? And here's the answer. Here's the answer, everybody. The answer is you see them for who they are in God's eyes. That's what you do. You serve them with the heart of God, and you show them what love can really do. Amen, somebody? That you see them, you serve them, and you show them. And I, I, So I think for us as believers in Christ, I hope you see this too. Boy, this command to love is deeper, isn't it? It's deeper than what we initially thought, this command to love the way. It's deeper than the surface. And that's what I want to push us a little bit in today. It's deeper uh, for people who love Jesus and, and, and have him as their advocate. It's, it's deeper than people who don't have that will go. We will go deeper than that because of Jesus. Yes and amen, somebody, that that's what we will do. And again, it's, I'm telling you, it's the separator. That's the separator. And it's so important because Jesus commanded us to do it and, and and so and here's the other reason why it's so important when we think about other people listen to me you know that what you see isn't always really what's going on with them right because for them something deeper is going on too with why they're doing or acting or whatever you know that right like we don't always see what's really going on and we always see sometimes it's just the surface and it really got me thinking about that because uh so just, just connect story man so last week, last Sunday, uh, uh, our home group, a bunch of us went sled riding, okay? We went sled riding. All of our kids were there. And, like, you know the rules of sled riding, right? Like, you know, sled riding ends the same way every time, right? Sled riding ends when somebody gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I joked about that, and it was true, and it landed on my kid. My kid was the one who got hurt, and we said, all right, let's zip it up. Let's go. And, uh, man, he was zinging down a hill. And, uh, I mean, it was his fault, man. He, was headed, he just went off course. and was veering for a ditch. And you, 16 adults were like, bail, bail, bail. And he was like, woo! And, and all I saw was his body just flying out of this ditch, okay? And he got hurt. Like, he, he got hurt. Like, they could tell down there, and, and I, I, I heard him say, I'm all right. And, 
and, and I, but he, he, he was hurt, and I could tell it was bad, and he was covering it up, and he, he was really holding back those tears. I was so proud of him. I was like, man, he didn't even cry. And all those guys were like, yeah, yeah, And all the girls were like, why is that such a great thing that he's not crying? I'm like, oh, it's not. And I'm like, it is. It kind of is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know what it is, guys and girls. I don't know. It's like, yeah, you'll cry. Anyways, yeah. And so we got him up to the top of the hill, and we, I mean, I knew Courtney was like, we got to get him to the hospital just to get looked at. And, and so we got him, and so before we did that, no, of course, I mean, we got to get a picture, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, let's get a picture. And, and so here's funny, when we were getting ready for the picture, I was kind of joking with him in front of everybody, and we kind of like, because I said, man, how great would this be, uh, you know, if you had a broken collarbone, and you could look back on it and be like, yeah, man, I had a broken collarbone. Everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. And uh, so here's the picture, because uh, it was actually his arm that was broken, okay? Like, he broke his arm. Arm. I'm a good parent. Anyways, and so, but here's Henry. Here, here's, like you can see, here, let's go to the next one. So that's it. Like you can kind of see, it's a little blurry, but he was hurting. He was hurting. And uh, here's what I wanted. This is what God did with this. He's okay. He's doing great. And uh, we can see people's physical hurts. It's pretty easy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's pretty apparent. But man, if you could only see what's going on inside. You hear what I'm saying? Man, if you only knew what they just dealt with, and maybe that's why they're doing what they're doing. Man, if you only knew what that was going on in their home, man, and I think we would just treat them a little different with their needs and what they're going and what their hunger is and why they're coming out and lashing out and all that stuff. And here's what I will put forward. I believe God will expose that. If we love them well, I think it will show us. So this is a command. This is a command that you love people. And how you love people will determine your love for God, the level of your love for God. So how you treat your brother and sister in Christ, how you treat those far away from Christ, anybody, how you meet people in your need, how you respond to people who mistreat you and, or those folks on your list, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that really is a response to how you are doing with your heavenly father. And so here's the Christian life. Here's the Christian life. It's not just about how you interact with an invisible God. I wish it was that easy. But it's also how you interact with people you see. And God's like, I, I, I got some answers for you there. I got some helps for you there. And, and, and I don't want you to make loopholes. I don't want you to make loopholes. I don't want you to justify why you don't love because with Jesus, you have an advocate. With the Holy Spirit, you've got help. Come on, somebody. And so I'm gonna let you be different. You can be different if you make this choice. And I'm gonna show you what people really need. And I'm telling you, I think it's just love because God is love and he defines love. And he showed us love so that we can love others and so in order for us to understand our mission and our and our role and all that stuff we just look at jesus and i'm telling you jesus flipped everything upside down with one word here it is everybody love let me pray god uh, i just um thank you first of all for i don't know man just turning me into a new direction sometimes it's hard for me to receive that especially when i feel like i've got momentum going somewhere else but god i just feel like this was a good charge for me i pray uh that this helps somebody out there and in our charge to love well uh, and love others and jesus is not suggestion but command because of who we've got with him that we love others in a different way that the world will look at that and say man they, they got something different there and so i pray for us i pray that with whatever that whoever that person is Whatever that thing is going on and whatever's causing us to find that loophole that you just show us that, that your love for us and, and the advocate that we have just does not allow it. That we have a new way. We have a new hope. We have a new reason why we love them that just looks so different. And so I don't know who needs this right now. I don't know what's going on. 
with somebody out there as we pray. There might be somebody that, that's just, you're hanging on for some reason. Maybe, maybe you need to take a step. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to just love. Maybe you need to see this message that God has for you. And that, listen, it's affecting your relationship with him. Not the, it has nothing to do with this other person. And God, for us as a church, I pray that we can love each other really well. We let the silliest things get in the way of showing the world what you really do and the difference you make. I pray for that as well. We love you, we need you, and we pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, go love really well out there. And it starts with getting out of the lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, love really well. See you next Sunday.